Welcome to the AMX Superstore's Inside Dirt Show. This is the Round 6 Pro MX review from Coffs Harbour this weekend. And we have to give a massive shout out to the guys at AMX Superstores. They are, of course, the title sponsor of this show. And they've been rocking with us on the Inside Dirt Network for many years. AMX Superstores is the nation's leading off-road adventure and road retailer with over 20, that's right, you heard me, 20 superstore locations nationwide. These guys have an incredible range of apparel, parts, and consumables, and everything you need to keep yourself and your bike on track. If you can't get to any of their Superstore locations, make sure you check out amxsuperstores.com.au and they will have any parts, any apparel, anything you need to be on track within a few days to your door. It's an incredible website. It's an incredible platform and their Superstores are the best in the business. So make sure you guys check out amxsuperstores.com.au and if you're at uh, any of the Primex rounds to finish the season in the next couple of weeks up here in Queensland, make sure you go check out the AMX Superstores um, tent. Talk to the team. They'll be from the local superstores up here in Queensland and you can um, you know, meet the people that they ride, they race, they hang out. They're, uh, they're good to have around the sport. So AMX Superstores, I went to the tent this week, got some uh, cool casual wear for my kids, got some t-shirts. At, uh, they were happy when I got home, that's for sure. So check out amxsuperstores.com.au and with that being said, thanks for the support. Thanks for you guys for listening and support those that support our show and uh, let's get to it round six coughs harbor review let's do it okay kids you're in for a real treat today he's jimmy's brother the guy the singer gator never been about that never never been about playing no shit it'd be like looking over and seeing your your ex-missus with someone else like it's a there's a few of them going around the pits i'm sure that's (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i've been smacking lately can we say it on the show (laughs) why weren't you more successful well you know because i sucked so As promised, this is the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. Welcome, everyone. This is the round six review from Coffs Harbour, and we are coming to you on a Monday afternoon, so it's not a Sunday night show. Um, everybody in the crew is already back up in Queensland uh, from Coffs, so we decided to do it Monday afternoon. But uh, let's get the intros and the uh, official things out of the way, of course. I'm your host, Joe Stevens. Um he used to be the Inside Dirt co-host. He used to be the Inside Dirt uh, producer. He used to be the ID Media Group brand manager. Um, and now he is the uh, one of the main men at Alpine Styles Australia. They call him Darnell Official. What's happening, Darnell? Uh, just enjoying some nice Queensland weather. Just up here for some other work after cough, so it's good. I didn't have to go back to dreary, wet, cold Melbourne. So it's good. Yeah, although um, the weather here hasn't been that great of late, and we'll definitely get to that with coughs, because boy, was she wet and muddy in the morning. Um, don't tell me about it. You don't need to tell me about it. <laughs> did you Did you get your shoes and your legs clean? Uh, my legs are clean. I'm going to burn my shoes. Yeah, the demons. Yeah. Um, also joining in, um, he is the main man at Ayland Media. He is the official 
Pro MX Championship photographer and videographer. Um, he also was the MX1 rider for the... Uh, actually, we have some conflicting sponsors, so I won't read my old team name, but um, he was my old MX1 rider when I had a race team. Jimmy Aylan. What's up, Jimmy? How much, mate? Just sitting here next to Daniel Official. I had the pleasure of uh, driving down to Coffs Harbour with him and then driving back to Sunny Coast with him as well. So that was... Um, Good, we got a few DNMs out of the way, but no. Yeah. You guys, you, you guys both stayed at my house on the Gold Coast on Friday night, um, and then you headed on out. Yeah, that's it. All right, yep. so um, like I said, this is the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. This is the Round 6 Coffs Harbour Review. Where do we start with Coffs, boys? I think we start with the weather leading in because... <laughs> um, start at the start, maybe. might help. <laughs> Okay, Captain Obvious. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you I, weren't there. You you got you were a bit late to the party on uh, Saturday, were you? Yeah, I got in at like midnight um, Saturday night and just went straight to bed. Um, well, from from where we saw it as we drove in, <laughs> I seen Jimmy's heart sink and he just looked <laughs> like he wanted to cry and go home because the car park and the driveway and the pits was just a slop fest mess and just everything that you don't want when you're turning up to an event. Especially yeah. when you're running around all weekend with camera gear and stuff. Like it's dust is kind of kind of um a bit hard when you're you're filming so it gets in everything but much just as bad. So it um definitely was uh yeah a bit um eye opening when we first drove in like the pits were pretty pretty much more muddier than what the track was to be honest. Like I went and did a quick track walk to get some shots to try and sort of make the track sort of look good for socials and uh the track was actually pretty dry underneath um they definitely ripped it quite deep um later that arvo but yeah it was just the pits where it was um yeah because like a pigsty it was just mud everywhere so yeah i was definitely nervous it was yeah, like no. um shrek swamp you know in, in shrek where he's yeah. like this is my swamp like that's how yeah. i felt walking around yeah i mean and that was the thing we i spoke to mark dancock before we went out to dinner on saturday night and he says that the the track crew you we've got to give them a massive amount of credit because what they did with that track with the amount of rain that they've had um it was good they ripped it to 500 and then they thought oh, let's wing it and throw a rotary hole on it and it actually come up really good so um, yeah, I heard you know, some but, like but, some but, people on Saturday were like, "They've ripped it! What the hell are they doing? They, they've 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 ruined everything." And then the, some other people were like, "No, they know the dirt. Like they're doing the right thing." And gotta say, they did the right thing because man, that track was it was gnarly, ruddy, but um, it was uh, it was a good racetrack. And the start was a little wet until they kind of fixed it up for the afternoon motos for the TV. But man, it, it turned out good racing. Well, that was the other thing too, like for what most people would expect to be a mother, it really wasn't. Like the morning the morning was a little bit, but I mean, sometimes that's what you want. You want practice to be that little bit muddier. So when it gets to the afternoon, the track's actually going to be a lot better. We, it sort of started to bake out in the end because of the sun hitting it directly all afternoon, which was um, which was nice. It wasn't drawing the puddles on the infield, but it was... Uh, <laughs> It was trying the track out, so that was good. Yeah, it was the the irony of it. They did my ACL. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it was the the walk from the media tent to the track was um, probably the worst of all of it. It's like I think the club had bought some crushed rock in for like a walkway, and you know you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And it just like turned to some sort of like concrete soup mix that one wrong step and you would lose your shoes. 
maybe your ankle. Um, yeah, like it, hats off to the club first and foremost because, man, like even the, the bathrooms, like I went in to use the bathroom, the toilet at one point, and there was a dude in there from the club like literally with a fire hose just hosing down like the concrete <laughs> and the, the toilet and the mud everywhere. And I was like, man, like these guys – their venue's getting worked right now. And, um, but everyone from the club, hats off, good job, track crew, everybody else. Like it was actually, um, it was, it was one of those events that working the event, like we do, nothing crazy happened. It was an easy day. So those days in my mind are always a good thing because you go like, it was a good day. Um, you know, whenever there's yeah, crashes or injuries or delays or changes to the schedule or crazy stuff happens, that makes life hard for everybody. So this wasn't one of those days. It was maybe a – I think everything ran on schedule even with the extra work they did to the start straight from, from memory. Yeah, I, I think racing went ahead pretty well and we got a good racetrack and we got good racing. I mean, that, that's exactly what we wanted. I think there was really not much more you could ask for – from a from a track perspective, I mean, yes, it was wet, um, but they managed it really well. I'd really like to see what the Coffs Harbour Club can do when they're not hit with a mountain of rain the week before an event, because if that's what they can pull with the situation that they had to deal with, give them a dry weekend and let's see how they perform, because that could be one of the best run clubs in Australia. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and they do the arena, uh, the Coffs Harbour Stadium across that they're, they're used to doing these events that, that have a high volume of riders and fans and stuff, so. Um, let's set the scene, Jimmy, you know, you haven't been on the podcast before as such. Um, a lot of people would know James Allen, you know, you were a top 10 MX one privateer. Um, you know, I I think if you didn't have the injuries you had and a few different things, you probably would have gone a lot further, but James has credentials to talk about the track probably for two reasons. Number one, his riding level. Uh, and number two, that you probably saw more of the track than anybody because you was taking imagery and video all day. So, man, I only saw – I don't leave the media tent much. I don't really go on the track much anymore. But I walked over to that finish jump um, to get some reels and stuff quickly because I'm a big media guy, you know. And um, Yeah, big content guy. Big content guy now, you know. Joe's got his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, look out. Look out, media. Look out, media, the iPhone. Yeah, reels look out, guy. Postmodo. Throw him under the bus. He's not on the podcast this yeah, week. Yeah, talking about Postmodo, he, he may come on later, but to Michael Williams, Mickey, a.k.a. the Black Parade. Um, yeah. Post he made you on us later, but he's uh, he's coming back. I think he had a holiday day today, so he's driving back from Coffs now. But um, the track was gnarly because I only saw those ruts towards the end of the day, Jimmy, and you would have seen them all day. But they were deep. Like the track, it looked great on TV, but those ruts were huge. Yeah, it was. Um, I was a bit skeptical. Like obviously, the track was going to be quite deep, and like we were pretty lucky with like we didn't get that much rain like after they ripped it. So it sort of it was pretty much primo conditions. Like I wasn't sure if the track was going to get one line because the track sort of switch, switches back on itself. It's got like those sort of U-turn turns all the time. So they're usually uh, like a, a main rut on the inside. And, and then by the end of the day, people sort of venture out and ride smoother lines and then they eventually get rough. But there's literally like, I'm not even exaggerating. There's probably like nearly 10 ruts in every corner and they were all just prime and people just railing all day. So I was, um, it sort of it sort of reminds me of when Athens like the Athens track is sort of like in that condition like there's just so many different lines and people are making passes around the outside like as we've seen Tanny make a few passes around um, 
Ferris, yeah, around the outside. Like, there's not many tracks that you get to do that and you can hook into ruts like that. So I was actually a little bit jealous. Like, I'm on the other side of the fence nowadays taking photos of all the boys and, um, and not in there mixing it with them. But it was, um, yeah, it's, it was just gnarly. Like, I didn't look at the whole track as a thing, but I took some couple photos of some up ramps. And, like, it was a big jump in the middle of the track and it was, I'll have to have a look at the photo, but there's probably at least 15 ruts, like, just littered across that up ramp. And that's, like the guys uh, hitting them. that step up there was, you could tell like those guys weren't like when you, you know, even at the pro level, when there's a face full of ruts, those guys are still soaking it up. They're still coming in fast. They're still not scrubbing, but yeah. they're soaking speed. But you could tell like they were shifting probably fourth gear to get to that step up and they would like stand up tall and chop the throttle and be like, okay, one, two, like, rah, and they would pick their right and be like, oh, I hope this sticks, you know, because they were so deep. If you were to, um, yeah, if you were to look at like a photo of it, it, um, like this, the ruts were that deep, people was like, they were frame casing, like they were hitting the, like sort of the bottom of that, that up ramp and then sort of unloading at the top of the, the up ramp. So it was, um, it was definitely yeah, gnarly. Like, I don't think I've ever ridden up ramps like that deep before. So it would have been different for a few of the riders not ever really riding up ramps like that, like so rutted out. So I think it was, uh, it was cool to see. Yeah, for real. I think um, you could see like a lot of the MX2 and MX3 guys just stop jumping that jump in the end. Um, yeah, like they were just rolling it because it was getting too like You're hitting it quick too, like you're coming in quick and then it's grabbing your frame and then all that does is just unload and tends to throw you over the bars a little bit. So I'm kind of surprised we didn't really have too many crashes. It was actually pretty uneventful, wasn't it, as far as crashes yeah. went? Um, like, yeah, I mean, one, like there was really... The one notable crash from the weekend was Mossy. I mean, and really it was a simple tip over in the corner. It was the events after that that were what made it notable for them of the weekend after he got, you know, hit pretty hard by Dylan uh, Wood as he came through. It was just a racing incident. I don't think like, there was not much you could do there. Um, I'm but, quite impressed yeah. you can be impartial about this because he's Alpine style guy. I'm surprised that you're not, um, you know, lighting, <laughs> the, lighting the, the pitchforks on fire to, to you know, good for you. Well, look, I'm about to light the pitchforks on you because I hate to but it's it's Alpine Stars, all right? This is what everyone needs to learn. There's an S on the end, all right? I know motocrosses can't spell real good, but like, it, the brand name, right? Did, did I say Alpine Star? Did I say Alpine Star? Alpine Stars. Did did I say Alpine Star? Did I? Yeah. You do it all the time, and it's very annoying. All right. Um, and everyone says it, and it always. I'm looking at the at the qualifying time, and I, look, someone might get their deal pulled. I'm not saying who the rider is, but listed in their sponsors is Alpine Star without the S on the end. All right, now they're right, going to. Well, I have a too. solution for you for to help me pronounce this the right way from now on. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, don't ask me for money. It's going to be a sponsorship uh, and yeah, <laughs> the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talking about Matt Moss. Let's let's get to let's get to MX One. Let's talk about MX One because you just brought up Mossy. So qualifying starts and Mossy. He's ridden there a lot, from what I understand, or enough to know the track. But he bought that kind of angry, aggressive Matt Moss that we're so used to seeing. In years previous that, he, that we saw at Maitland, he bought that to Coffs Harbour, fastest guy in qualifying and fastest guy in the AMX Superstore's top 10 pole shootout. Um, and it was like, okay, like Mossy, if he gets a start, it's on. Um, 
and he he didn't get the worst start in the first moto, but man, it went bad quick for him. Yeah, I mean, it was just unfortunate how how it all unfolded. Like it just unfortunately, it's a racing issue, and and it sucks for Mossy. Mossy, like it, we've seen him finally get back to where we know he can be and run up front and. I mean, he was the fastest in qualifying, like you said, and then he backed it up again in the top 10 shootout, was running uh, around fourth, third or fourth at the time when he went down. Um, so, yeah, unfortunate, uh, which sucks because this this was, the comeback was finally happening and he was finally getting to the level where we know he can be and where he should be. Um, so, yeah, it sort of sucks. Um, so, paint the picture, okay. like for anyone that didn't see the crash, it was weird. He just pushed the front. Or, or did he come together with someone? He pushed the front. No, I think. He, just, he just he just washed the front through the through the turn. Um, and but he got up, up like, like inside the top ten. Um, and then from what I could he got see, up and went to get back on the bike. But he was on like the top yeah. side of the bike, and Dylan Wood hit the low side of the bike, and it was like Wood no, hit no no no. No, <laughs> so, if you let me finish, I was standing right there. Well, I was about to say you found yourself like always in the thick of it. Yeah, basically, if I'm near somewhere on the track, they're probably going down. I don't know what it is. It just seems to happen. It's happened to Bailey Muffowitz at Gilman, and now it's happened again to Mossy. You're just um, sprinting to pick up bikes and bodies. It's yeah. like your deal. Maybe I should just um, stay away from the races. <laughs> um, but no, he, so as he got up, he was, you know, picked the bike back up, going to remount, and was standing on the right side of the bike and as uh, Dylan Wood and I think it was Zane Dunlop coming through they sort of just you know uh, banging bars and they've just sort of like nudged well I'd say nudged Mossy's basically got sandwiched between Wood's bike and his own bike and then just ejected right. into the abyss because all so, I saw was Mossy go like flying across the, the turn and I was like damn someone hit him hard you know yeah he got hit like yeah when I say it, it was a, it was a big hit um, and that's when he was down holding the arm and obviously like flaggy is trying to slow everyone down because it's the first lap um, and there's, there's just a bike in the middle of the track so what can you do and then he got up and picked the bike up and went off again but uh, I think it was yeah I think he rode around back around to the mechanics area and just called it a day um, he went and got checked out at race days and um I think they were hopeful that he could line up for Moto Two, but I think the smart decision is just um, not taking any risks. You know, let's just see what happens here. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of rumours that we're not going to bring up on the show right now because nothing's official. But um, there's a lot of pit talk about where and what Matt will be doing for the rest of the year. Um, but we will leave it there. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, here's the thing, isn't it? Because you you look at Matt, and and I've noticed this number one because i'm a similar age to matt where like the injuries start to add up because you look at a young dude that probably could have took that hit and they they would likely would have been sore but able to ride but when those injuries of years and years of competing add up and then you take a big hit like that it's it's so much harder to be able to compete on the same day as those big impacts so um but man it was cool to see mossy going that fast so anyway he is on the ground he they said goes back to the pits and that's the end of his day unfortunately so then we've got basically two repeat motos that play out with dean ferris leading and aaron tanny right on him from both gauge drops and in moto one tanny makes the move i think about five minutes in from memory yeah roughly um and 
me and you, Donna, we sat watching the TVs in the media tent, and I said, I think in the first moto, I said, is is Tanti, what else did I say? You told me to say something else again today. Can you remember what uh, it was? He pulled, the, he pulled the trigger too early. It's basically on the, well, on yeah. the path. Did, did he, he show some around. inexperience by passing Ferris? Because we all know how much Ferris learns in the first half of the race. That that was, even CDR would have known that from the years Ferris was with Tanny. So in my mind, I'm like, is passing him too early and showing him your speed and your lines a bad call? It's it's I don't know the right answer, but it didn't work for him in both motos. No, and, it, you know, I was sort of sitting there watching it and sort of that second half of the um, – first 450 moto and we've seen him and uh, like you said you know has he pulled the trigger too early but he started like he wasn't gapping him but it seemed like it was going to be okay and then uh obviously Dino did what Ferris does he you know worked out the lines worked out where he was going to be able to make the pass did it and then unfortunately Tanny um goes down with a lap to go um and that's, that's the end of the motor for Tanny. Like he comes in at, in fourth. Um, it's not, it's not terrible, like terrible, but it's really his main competitors in the championship are Brett Metcalf and Todd Waters. So he's still, I mean, Maddie ended up third for the motor. So he lost a little bit of points, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be stressing too much about it. No. And sorry, I was just yawning there. I was hoping you'd make that a little longer, but, um, <laughs> you know who surprised me the most um you know obviously ferris winning is it's not a surprise because we know it seems to me like at this point in the year in this point in his comeback it's like if the bike is gelling and he's good he has a shot of doing this going one one if the bike's a little off or he's a little off he's a fourth fifth place guy that seems to be the narrative this year that we've seen repeat where when he's happy, when he's healthy, and the bike is dialed with setup, he can go win. And if he doesn't have one of those pieces in place, he's third, fourth, fifth. That's you know, I think we could agree on that, right? So, um, yep. but Gibbsy, he had surgery, dude, and he goes second in Moto One. Like that to me was pretty mind blowing because, like, Gibbsy's a veteran, but I wouldn't say he's known as like this gnarly, tough it out. Like he obviously all motocross riders at the elite level are strong and tough out injuries, but to have thumb surgery three weeks before that round and get second in MX one, like that is impressive. It was impressive. Like I had a, a bit of a chat with him before he went like lined up on the gate, like I was doing some stuff for empire. And, um, I said, Oh, how, how you feeling mate? Like, are you like, how's it going? Like, how's the hand? And he's like, it's, it's good. Like it's, it's strong. He just struggles with that, that sharp, like, as you all know, when you got like an injury, it's those sharp knocks, those quick knocks that sort of shoot through your body. Uh, that's pretty much all he was struggling with. Like, yeah, I was pretty sure he was wearing like a like a guard or a cast sort of thing, like wrapped around his thumb. So he wouldn't have been able to hang on to that throttle like you normally could. Like those four fifties are a bit of a handful to hang on to. Like when you got an arm pump and like, let alone having like uh, yeah, like thumb surgery and then wearing a certain brace or something like. Um, yeah, I was actually quite impressed with how he performed um, in the motos and just like how strong and aggressive he was still able to ride. Like it didn't look like he was uh, really struggling in um, like in any form. Like um, he still had his intensity and he was still, yeah, still charging the boys. But like he was sort of chilling behind the sort of those front pack in both motos and then he would sort of come in strong at the end of the race. So 
it was um yeah it was pretty impressive yeah considering the thumb surgery so maybe the only saving grace would be that it was his throttle hand because that that obviously that side of the the grip moves where if it's your clutch hand that doesn't flex as much i'm just you know i've broken wrists and scaphoids on both arms and i always felt that um, my my clutch hand was harder to rebound from than my throttle hand yeah i mean it's just uh it's one of those things he's I mean, we know how gritty Gibbsy can be and how talented he is. So to be able to manage that injury so well, um, so quickly after the surgery, I mean, it's you know, a testament to him. And I mean, if that's what he can do with, you know, such a short turnaround from, you know, uh, I wouldn't say, it's not a significant injury, but it's still, it's a, you know, it's a bad injury to have you know, with a short break between rounds. Especially you only got like, what, four contacts on a dirt bike and that was one of them, so. Yeah, um, it's a, the one that manages the, the speed of the thing too, right? So, um, yeah. And then Metcalf, dude. Medi is really becoming, his first moto is a quiet standout. Um, third, you know, right in the battle, right up to the finish. Like, you know, Ferris kind of checked out there at the end, but Medi was two seconds behind Gibbsy. Um, Tanny was right on Medi. Like there was a battle between second, third, and fourth, and and Metcalf found himself right in it with the last two laps. Like you can't lock yourself into these first moto scores he's getting. Um, it's it's really impressive for Medi. I think the question might be what happens in the second motos a little bit. I don't know if it's bike setup or or just fitness or, or I don't know. But um, you know, man, these first motos have been impressive. Yeah, I mean we've. <laughs> it's sort of been the resurgence of Brett Metcalf. He's sort of standing out more so now than in recent years. You know, when he was with Honda, he was always like the the second guy on the team to, you know, many different names through his short, well, not short tenure there, but he was there a while. But it was, you know, we've seen him stand out a couple of times in Supercross um, in like 2019. But really, this is, this is a, a really fast and impressive Brett Metcalf, and he's what thirty eight. I think he's just having fun. Like, yeah, he just, yeah, for real. He's always, he's always cracking jokes. He's just—it just seems comfortable with what he's what he's doing, the program that he's built around himself, and the people that he's working with. So it's it's cool to see. Like he's just he's just happy to be there. Like he doesn't yeah doesn't cause a fuss. He just wants to ride his dirt bike as long as he can. Yeah, he does. And like, you're right, Jim, like, as in, I walk down the, the gate doing, you know, doing my, doing my content thing, you know, cause I'm a big content guy. And, um, you know, like I just did a walkthrough of all the riders on the gate and everyone's like super serious and like looking, you know, race face. And then Medi's like throwing the shackers, like he's just chilling, you know? Um, yeah. Just a vibe. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't actually able to run that real cause I kind of tripped over one of the ruts on the other side of the gate and it, it all went bad. But, um, but yeah, like to, to yeah, summarize, like, yeah, big, big content guy. Um, Medi, yeah, he's happy, dude. And you can tell that on the track. And he's got a beard. He looks like Jesus. Like he's just making it work. But Todd Waters was fifth, right? And Waters was actually only one second behind Tanny. So I forgot that Waters was in that freight train. So second through fifth on the final lap were separated by less than two seconds. Um, which is pretty gnarly, man. Like it's the, the battles in MX1 this year have been legit, like down to the to the wire like there hasn't been too many boring races not at all like it's um like i don't get to see too much of the race like i'm out there looking through a viewfinder trying to trying to snap some shots but um it's just the intensity like just through the whole race like it's 
Like obviously I did MX1 for, I think it was like nearly five or six years, but I was always that sort of top 10, sort of mid-pack kind of guy. So I was never able to run that pace, but like doing, um, like I did NRG at the, when the, the last sort of championship sort of thing, I did NRG and I was on the other side of the fence. That was my first year doing like any sort of media stuff at the races. And it was just like, just being able to see that speed and just, um, it's just crazy. And like, I don't know how they hold it the whole moto. Um, and like Tanny as well, like he's had to step it up a little bit and he's sort of yeah, proved himself a lot this year. And just when he's under pressure, like he's just, he doesn't change. He's, he still rides comfortably and still has that, that like attack mode really. Like it's just, um, yeah, it's really cool. Let's look at Moto2. Um, so again, same deal, you know, um, but this time Tanny doesn't um, go down. He finishes second. So basically Ferris... You know, Tanny passed Ferris a lot earlier in the second moto. I think he felt like it, he had to break Ferris and sprint away early. Um, yeah. But it didn't work. Uh, you know, Ferris, like I said, he he just kind of stayed a few bite lengths back, watched the lines, figured the track out, and that's the old Dean Ferris we're so used to seeing. He just pulled the trigger and, um, and you know, made the move about, I think, five minutes to go, give or take. Um, and, you know, he was uh, seven seconds six seconds ahead of Tanny at the finish, you know? So if one, two for, for Ferris and yeah, Tanny, four. Um, five, 26 to 30. It's funny because, yeah, we, uh, we were standing there like prior to, I think it was even before MX1 practice. And you and I were talking to him. We looked at the track and we went, Dean Ferris kind of track today and sort of went, wouldn't put a one one out of the question and turns out for once we were right. True. I do remember that actually. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it definitely echoed um, Wodonga early in the year. Um, it echoed Wodonga. It's echoed tracks of the past. We know yeah. that. Shepparton, well, Horsham, those tracks where he's just destroyed everyone year after year. Um, it had that vibe. So yeah, you're right. Hey, probably not that shocking to see him on form there. Um, no. But where were we at the last round? Um, Maitland. Maitland, not exactly that different as far as terrain, and he was way off compared to where he is this weekend. So it's interesting. Um, yeah. I think the, the, the most notable thing out of uh, Moto2 in the MX1 class was Hayden Malroth in fourth. It's sort of... Yeah, he went 6-4 for fourth overall, yeah. right? Yeah. He's always there. Like, he's always just... He's right there just... Nipping out the heels. Yeah, it was cool to see him sort of try and, yeah, like it was cool to see him like run that pace at this round in the second motor. Was it second motor? Yeah, yeah. he was just, yeah. he was almost on, on third. He was two seconds back of Gibbs at the finish. So for, for, for Melros, like I had some conversations with him. So did you, Donnell, when we were um, at dinner at, uh, at Maitland. And he, you know, they were talking about building with the team and, and the bike and the setup and changing things. But, you know, clearly he's not he's not on that elite level speed of the championship this year, but he's progressing. Um, and it was good to see. He sort, of, he sort of sits in a no man's land right now. Cause there's those five elite guys with Ferris, Tanny, Gibb, Waters and Metcalf. And then he's sort of, he's not quite with them every week, but he's sort of ahead of that next group, which is sort of your Jaden Rikers, Joel Evans, that sort of caliber. Yeah, you know, he is. Of, he is. It's like, there's a gap. There's a gap, but he's, he seems to have bridged that gap the last few rounds where he's he's definitely. not quite there, but he's close. Yeah, like obviously this weekend was definitely a step, a big step in the right direction, you know, with the finishes that he had this week. 
Um, and I think this is good. Like, we know, you know, come cool and we know Hayden can be fast there. It's, um, it's just a matter of just waiting and seeing what happens and seeing what Hayden Morris turns up to the track. You know, is it is it the, the Hayden that we got here at Coffs or is it going to be the Hayden that we got earlier in the year? Hopefully he builds on this momentum um, and brings another name into that elite group um, because it's just, you know, makes the field look a little bit deeper. It's, at the moment, it just seems like MX1 is just, there's those five, six guys and then there's a big gap to everyone else where you watch MX2 and it, that, that depth seems to go a lot further for, you know, guys that can podium. It was the same when I was racing. Like, I was I was always around that sort of top 12, top 10 kind of guy. And even when I was to get into the side of the top 10, like, it was, I was getting laps. Like, I was, I think, it wasn't very often that I finished a race not getting, like, not getting laps. And, like, and I'm in top 10, like, 11th, and I'm still getting laps. It's, it's, it's always been those five guys that have that, um, that initial pace on the lead lap, and it just sort of, it's sort of the same. I don't know if the boys around top 10 are getting laps this time like they seem to be yeah, like I'm just um, looking at the, the, the results from Moto2 so 10th place was Ricky Latimer and he got lapped 9th place Joban Baldwin was the first yeah, rider it, on the lead lap so yeah. you probably know, the same five guys that were lapping yeah, you it's, literally, it's exactly how I, like I got to ride with these dudes but I was never on the lead lap with them and it was yeah it was such a big step for me to be able to do that um, and at times I'm like I don't I just don't understand how they're, how they're going that quick and can do that for half an hour obviously it you need to ride a little bit more and train a little bit more than what I did, but it's, um, yeah. It's, uh, but also the thing is, you know, say coughs, the lap times were not that long. Fastest lap time, minute 42. Um, yeah. A lot of the tracks nowadays, it seems like, like even for me, right, like I didn't race a lot of, of the MX Nationals at all. I did three in my whole quote-unquote career. Like I had finished racing a long time before I came to Australia, but the rounds I did – um, we did Conondale, which was like the crazy big GP loop back then in 2012. We did Coonabarabran. We did Wontaggy. And it seemed like the laps were a lot longer back then. I don't remember getting lapped that much. And I wasn't doing that well. You know what I mean? Well, but, the other thing is, too, we run 25 plus a lap now instead of the old 30 plus one. No, I'm talking about the 30s. Um, well, this, well, now they're 25 plus one. So these guys really, like, if you give them another five minutes, are they going to be lapping even further up into the field? Are we going to see them lap up to seventh, eighth, ninth? Rather than it's an interesting. I just wonder how it would be at the longer tracks. I wonder what the QMP lap's going to be. Like when you get to like the two minute, 15 plus laps, like it certainly adds a lot more track time. But it's just, you know, like you said, Jimmy, it's interesting, isn't it? That these elite guys, like even, you know, Waters 5 5 on the day, like the last few rounds, he's really just been that sort of fifth place guy. He doesn't really have that intensity at the moment to run with everybody else ahead of him, but um, he's very solid and he's still solid in the points. Um, Riker's had his best ride of the season in the second motor. He got six, which was good to see yeah. him get some TV time and, and run up front. It's good when Riker's, like, you see that when he gets, when he gets the start, like, he sort of, Sometimes shoots himself in the foot, like most motos. When he doesn't get that start, and he doesn't tag with the like those the top five, the top four, he doesn't tag with them. Like, cause we all know Gaden Rikers can run up, like run up there, like he's done it before. We've seen him do it on the Suzuki. I'm sure he can yeah, do it on like the he's, he's done it before. It's just um, it's just when you don't get with those those top four blokes in the first sort of five minutes of that race, like you just as soon as you're losing, it's um, it's really hard to to catch up. Like you have to be running the same lap time, if not quicker. 
to catch like to catch them and to to be able to gain any more positions. So when Jaden gets that start and runs with him, he can he's got the speed, he's got the talent and the, and the fitness to be able to run with him. It's just um it's just those starts. There's a confidence and, thing and, too. Like you know, as a racer, Jim, like when you are feeling a track or you're feeling your setup or you're feeling it that year, you're gonna get a good start. Um, yeah. Because you know you can go, and if you don't have the speed to go you won't get a good start. Like, it's a mental thing. You don't even know subconsciously. You're like, yeah, I'm not feeling it today, and you'll have two 10th place starts, you know? Um, yeah. But for Rikers, it's good. Hopefully something they can build on because he's had a quiet year, and the Empire team and him, they all work hard. So it'll be good to see. Like, you know, Coolum is going to be good. Um, yeah. Medi was seventh in Moto2. You know, like I said, just a quiet Moto. So he goes 3-7, which lands him off the overall podium, which is a shame. Um Zach Watson, eighth. I think that's a season career best for Zach. Uh, Jobin Baldwin, I think he was 9-9 on the day. Just another super consistent day for him. Um, let's look at the overalls now from MX1, and then we'll get into um, MX2. So round points, MX1. See, overall, Ferris, Gibbs, Metcalf is your – oh, Matty did get that on the podium. No, no. See, this is the thing that um, the progressive round points haven't updated yet properly, so – yeah, I was just looking at that. I was just about to stop you. Yeah, no, I, I got it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got the podcast in my office now, so I can access um, like my 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 work setup. Um, yeah, okay. That yeah, that, no, because it was Gibbs and Tanny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why? Uh, why? So, uh, anyway, so Tanny yeah. third overall. <laughs> they just need to move this thing to speed high already. Moving on, moving on. Todd Waters, oh, yeah. fifth overall. Melrose, six, seven. Rikers, eight. Joe, Joe Evans got eighth overall. I did not think that. No, you're looking again. I've just told you that they're wrong. The results are wrong. But all of them, go, I thought oh, you I just went in the post. All right, can you tell me the correct results then? No, I can't because they're not updated yet. They're Rain Man online. over here. They're not online yet, so I can't tell you. I okay. can tell you what the podium was. Awesome. All right, well, let's just talk about the podium. Yeah, well, it was. Ferris, Gibbs, and Tanny. Cool. All right, moving on. Um, yeah, sick. Sorry. Yeah, I just... No, no, it's cool. I didn't realize that. I, right. I can't do the calculations in my head. Um, <laughs> I'm not real good at math. So, um, yeah. Hey, I don't know why they're not updating properly yet, but neither here nor there. So, brain computer time for that one. So, sick. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. Well, um, MX, MX2, Moto1. You want to talk about it? What are you doing? Uh, I'm setting a text. Give me a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> hold music. Yeah, elevator well, music. Elevator music. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I was hold in music. a I was in a meeting today, you're, and you're um, important to us. Yeah, your your opinions are important to us. This show, please rate our service out of ten. Yeah. Um, right, MX two. Let's get to it. Um, Moto one. <laughs> so Reese Bud gets the whole shot, and he, to be fair. Um, he puts in a fair effort um, to to keep Wilson Todd behind him. Wilson Todd's right there behind him, and you're like, we've seen this before. Uh, here we go again. Wilson Todd's just going to check out, but Bud kept him there for like four laps, which, let's be real, not many people have done this year. No, Bud definitely uh, impressed me. Like he's just so solid on the bike. Um, obviously, Wilson sort of running like just a little bit more overall speed in different areas and. Sort of just carries his speed into the corners a little bit more, and just sort of just essentially rolls around the track a little bit quicker than everybody else. And I feel like that's sort of where he's got that edge on, like your Reese buds and that kind of stuff. So, but Reese, yeah, he was able to stick it with him for yeah another four laps, and he was running that running that pace at the start of the like the moto. Yeah, but he just looks so solid in the bike, and he's very calculated weight, like the way he rides and 
he doesn't make too many mistakes. I just I think it's just that overall speed and like coming and carrying entry speed into the corners and stuff. He just sort of lacks a little bit compared to Wilson, but. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think everybody lacks compared to Wilson on that. Like he, yeah. <laughs> dude, just far out. He is, um, he's so good right now, you know. And so it's, uh, what is it? So, can, has anyone worked this out yet? Is it three points that he was short of clenching it yesterday? Or was well, it I, I, ain't, or I ain't touching points? the. I am not touching the points now because I just read a bunch <laughs> of things that are wrong, and um, you know. Yeah, I'm not going there, but yeah. he's either three like, or yeah. two points out from clinching the title yesterday. Um, so it was. I think, I think it was two. I think it's yeah, 98 like, point lead he but, has now. Yeah, yeah. I think Bud had to finish ninth or better. Like if and he, he finished, finished eight, yeah, and he finished, in the second moto. If he had to say if he had to finish tenth, maybe Wilson might have got it. But yeah, we just it was all up in the air. You know, it was a bit. It was a bit hectic when it come podium time. Everybody yeah. was. Not really sure what was going on. Like I just said, motocrosses yeah. can't do math. Yeah. <laughs> Some things were said and then there was a bit of hype and then yeah. Yeah, it was a bit confused. But, yeah, um, it's, um, but either way, to have a 98 or 97 or whatever point lead and nearly clinch the championship with, with two full with rounds two to go, um, that goes to show the level he's at. But again, hats off to Reese Bud because he kept he kept Todd honest. Like even when Todd got around him, there was still half the moto or more to go. And he only finished 6.9 seconds back. You know, Todd wasn't cruising. He had to put in. Um, I think the most interesting addition to MX2 was obviously Nathan Crawford coming back finally from um, yeah. the injury. And I'll be honest, that femur getting a rod, that is no small injury. I know it was earlier in the year, but um, I didn't expect him to be this competitive. Like, as much as we all talk, like, where's he going to be? Can he change Wilson? I didn't think he was going to be getting second overall and being a 4-2 like, he would have been 2-2 two, yeah. two if he didn't crash in that first moto. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a funny thing. I said it to uh, Kyle, Kyle Blunden yesterday. I said that this is, uh, you know, NATO was pretty open during the week saying, you know, I'm about 70 to 80%. And he goes, I'm not, you know, not 100%, but we're going to give it a go. Well, if that's NATO at 80%, yeah. what, what's 100%? I'm oh. just impressed with his intensity. Like, that, that last moto, like, he, it looked like he was, waiting to make them like to potentially make the move on Wilson. I was just like, how is he able to be able to run this like intensity for this long after being, yeah, what, what was it? Four months, six, years months. Out, six months. Like, yeah. Yeah. You got to remember though, NATO, he might be an MX2 guy, but he's a veteran as in he's been on the professional, I don't know why I said it so weird on the professional circuit for a long time. Like I think he went pro, MXD in 2014. So he's been, you know, eight years as a pro rider, he's ridden for factory teams in MX1, MX2. He's raced the MHGPs in MX2. Like, he is a seasoned veteran as far as yeah. his body, his mind. Like, he may not have had the success of Wilson Todd, but if NATO had had a few less injuries, his career would look very different. Um, so, I guess it's not that surprising in a way because he's super fit. Like, we all know the you know, we all know what he's about. Like he's fit and he's, a, he can ride fast. So, but you're right, Jimmy, that second moto, I was like, is Wilson trying or is NATO just going really fast? Cause this is well, confusing, you know? I, I think just NATO could just see Wilson. Like the fact that NATO was there and could see him. Well, he had someone to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, <son. laughs> um, yeah. It's just like, it would be the same. Like it would be the same story if Reese was able to stick with, with Wilson to the end of the moto as well. If I'm sure if Reese had him in sight, 
um, a little bit more than what he did in the second moto or the, the first moto. Like he could probably do something similar to what NATO did, but it was just NATO's intensity. And he has that, that, that knowledge. Like obviously they've both been over in Europe and they've ridden rough and technical tracks over the past couple of years. So they're, they're bringing a different, um, well, Wilson certainly has brought a different level of like riding back to Australia, it seems, um, even though he's won a championship before. Um, but, yeah, I was yeah, I was just impressed, and I legit thought he was going to try and make the move, and that's why I was I was waiting at the finish line to get a photo or a video of it. But um, I think a few little mistakes might have um, stuff cropped up in the last sort of last lap or two, and um, just couldn't quite make it. But yeah, it was definitely impressive. Yeah, for real. I mean, the, the first moto was if we go back to that real quick, it was like the battle of who crashed the least because um, NATO yeah. NATO crashed, and then. Um, Caleb Byram, you know, we've got to give a shout out to Caleb. He was riding great. He was in the top three. Byram crashed. Then Bailey Malkowitz crashed. Like all these guys were bunched up and they all within the space of two laps, like tucked to front or got high sided in a rut. Like the track was, they were pushing so hard and the track was really technical. Um, but Haruki ended up getting third in Moto One, which was great, you know, carrying that through from um, Maitland. Um, you know, so. Yeah, he's very impressive because you'd think the way that that track was, you know, being a rider of a shorter stature, you know, maybe it'd be a bit more of a challenging day for him. Um, Sometimes having short legs in the ruts helps, though. Yeah, it's um, like I was going to say earlier, like we've we've had different like different circuits like this season, like um, like you said, um, Maitland was sort of similar surface, similar similar soil, but there's a lot more room to move around on the track, like there. A lot of the corners you're going from, like, so the inside is blown out the outside. There was some deep, like, rutted sort of sections. But with um, this round, coughs, it's, like, you have, like, inches, like, between another line, another rut. Like, if you've got four or five ruts between you, you have to make a selection, like, at least 20 metres before that corner. Like, you don't have as much room to play around with. And if you've got someone next to you and you're both charging for the same line, because a lot of ruts go from four to one. So it's like you don't have as much room to move around and that's where you see those mistakes of dropping a front wheel into an inside rut, getting cross-rutted. And I feel like that's probably what most of the crashes were today in the next two classes, is just being intensive and like riding really quick at the first part of that, that race and then trying to go from yeah one rut to the other and then like the track changes every lap, of course, but it's just there's not as much room, or, um, room on the track to move around. So it's probably where you see would have seen most of the mistakes. It's just, yeah, tucking the fronts or just getting cross-routed. For real. Um, not, Before not we one, move on, Joe, are, yeah. are you impressed with Jimmy right now? Like, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, really I'm, impressed. I'm actually not like, impressed with Jimmy. I know how Jimmy. smart Jimmy is, yeah. but sometimes when you put a microphone in front of people, they freeze up and that's not... Well, that's so, the beauty of podcasting. Me, it's my first podcast. I've always, always, always wanted to be on one. So it's, um, really that's <laughs> the beauty of podcasting. It's just three three dudes talking bench racing, and uh, he, he doesn't have to worry about what to do with his hands, you know? Um, but Yeah, yeah nobody can see him. So. No, I'm not shocked at Jimmy because Jimmy is um, – me and Jimmy go probably way the back. Most you know? out of the three of us. <laughs> yeah, he probably no, is no. because, like, realistically – you know, like I said, he rode for my race team. He was my MX1 guy. I knew how good he was on a bike. That's why I bought him on. Um, and like I said, had his career gone a different way with injuries and some decisions, like Jimmy would still be out there now. And I got no doubt he would have been a really good MX1 pro. But um, yeah. his content... Do you, do you think what derailed his career was putting those Olin's forks on his 450 <laughs> in, in, in 19? 
or seven, 18? 17. 17, and we will, we will not go there. Um, we will move on from that. But, um, you know, Jimmy's a smart guy. He does really dope content now, and he's got his good business going. And, and um, you know, there's people that work with me, Darnell. They go places. You, you know this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all fun. Yeah, yeah, you just watch. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Someone else is going to call Jimmy in six months, <laughs> and you'll be stuck again. Yeah. Hey, man. If if it's a better gig, good luck to him. That's all. That's good. Good. Good things. <laughs> you know. And let me tell you, gig is better. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Look, as as long as you can out. sleep at night, Darnell, for selling out, I am more than happy with with your decision. Hey, hey, in life. Actually, no. What I'm dirty on, I work for you for how long? And um, Jimmy's worked for you for what? three months and he's getting to go film uh, some pretty cool stuff on Friday. <laughs> yeah, well, hey man, you know, the contract's come in when Sexpo calls, I would have called you, but now I call Jimmy, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <So>. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Um, <laughs> Moto2, Nathan Crawford, 1.2 seconds at the flag and he kind of gave up the last few turns with, with, like you said, Jimmy, those mistakes. Like, he was close. Let's talk about Jay's Cosford, third in the Moto, like... Looked like he'd been there all year. Not a thing at all. Seven seconds back from the race win. Like, Cosford was charging and catching the lead two at one point. Yeah, he was on a charge. And his aggressive riding style was very, very good to watch. Um, just, you know, he passed several riders on, you know, at the start of that second moto on the rear wheel. Like, <laughs> just he knows how to steer a bike. And But the problem with Jace is, obviously, it's hard being a privateer and, you know, um, getting to every race or you know and he's like privateer like at the races with his girlfriend privateer like no one with him privateer you know yeah so we've seen you know we've seen it before we've seen it at ranch in 19 like he just pulls a mega hole shot and this guy has an immense amount of talent um, it's just you know sometimes maybe the support's not there so he can't ride as as well, much during the week, he had a big whatever. injury preseason, dude. Like he, I he think he that too, really yeah. lost a kidney or something. Like it was pretty big, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see Jace run up the front. Um, and like I said, if you if you want to go to a round of Pro Max and you're looking for a rider to, you know, be amazed by while he's on the track, it's Jace Coffin. Like he's just an animal and just fast. Yeah, scrubs. Like, well, that's how he got hurt at the start of the year. I was chatting to him. I was like, dude, how did you get injured? You know, I was talking to him a few rounds ago. He's like, oh, you know, we was at a private track and there was this big scrub jump and I scrubbed too hard and caught my foot peg. And it's like, oh, yeah, that, that old chestnut, you know. But um, he he is not afraid to throw it down. But good for Jace Cosford, man. Triple digit number, 754, you know, privateer. He gets some support from Yamaha, runs his own business during the week. Like that, it just gets me stoked to see that. So, you know, Dobson was fourth in the second moto. Um, Levi Rogers, dude, fifth. I don't know where that ride came from because for Levi, his, it's been a struggle this year for him. I don't think he's been inside the top 10 maybe more than once this year. Um, and I'm not bagging him out. It's just like he was one of the W um, – sorry, the YAM Yamaha Jr. like um, star riders yeah. in Queensland. And the, I think the COVID years really hurt him, man, because he really hasn't shown anything now he's in MX2, you know? Yeah, I think that those two years that we the two interrupted years, it's really set a lot of the younger guys that uh, were still developing at the time, sort of making that jump from you know juniors to MX three or you know from MX three to MX two. Um, it's 
it's been tough for them. Um, you know, there's obviously been differences to that rule. Like Ryder Kingsford was a big standout this year uh, prior to getting injured. Um, we know what Blake Fox can do. Um, once again, he's also injured, um, which sucks to see. Um, but, you, you know, it's two years really without racing at a national level. Like I know a lot of the Queens, the Queensland guys probably got out of it better than everyone else because they still had a lot of racing up here. Um, yes and no, years. because I think but, if you look at Kingsford and like the, the, the Ross Beaton crew, I know that they were, they were yeah. just motoring down the whole time during um, during the COVID years because they had uh, they were you know country Victoria they could do whatever they wanted right so all the guys that were living and training with him like Kingsford's one of them same as um, Lawwood right like those boys I think progressed almost more not racing because they were just hammering down for like two years straight yeah I suppose when you're trying to chase down Kyle Webster every day while you're riding, you're going to get faster, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the word on the street is that Webster got back on the bike this week, right? And um, yeah. last week, and apparently he's faster than before he got hurt, is what the word is. That's what everyone's talking about. Like, <laughs> like, apparently everyone was like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, well, apparently I don't. He must be going fast. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, that, that, yeah. So, is, he, is the word he's back for the last two? Is that the word or is that the rumor? Well, uh, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I put something up on um, I was from X before before Cox saying, uh, we're just mentioning that he was yeah back on the bike circulating. Um, yeah. I no, but is he back? Stuff, is but... he back for the last two rounds? Did I hear or am I? Oh, um, I don't. I, I, wouldn't uh, think uh, so. I wouldn't think so. I'm not. I'm not breaking news here. I just I, you know people talk. No, no, I, I wouldn't think so. Look, maybe, but I I wouldn't. I can't imagine, there, right? Like, surely not. No. Uh, maybe it turns off at Coolum and. <laughs> If he's faster than ever, as, as if it, if that's what they're saying, and we're trying to call him, then look out. Yeah, true. Um, he, he holes the mail at call him, but let's finish off. So Dobson, Dobson had a you know fourth in Moto Two. Levi Rogers, Yokoyama was sixth, which gave him third overall. Malkowitz, quiet day, seventh in the second Moto. Just never really got going. This is the thing with Reese Bud that sort of surprises me a little bit. It's like when he gets to start, he can run the pace, but when he doesn't, we've seen two rounds in a row now. But he really hasn't been able to come through the pack. I mean, granted, at Maitland, he was down on the ground at the first lap of both races, but he didn't crash in this one, and he only got back to eighth from a bad start, um, which, you know, leads me to think that, I, I don't know, maybe he needs to work on his passing, his race craft, whatever. Like, it wasn't the best track to pass on, and, and obviously Bailey was seventh, Haruki was sixth. Like, these are good guys, but um, for Reese, this is what's killed his championship keeping it closer to Webster is when he's not on the podium, he's like back Todd, further back. Not Webster. Yeah. I did, uh, yeah. Not, not Webster. Dude, you know what? Can we just go over this? Cause I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Um, you've got Todd waters, Wilson, Todd, and then Webster begins with a W. And when you're trying to do like PR and media, it is the most confusing thing ever. <laughs> Mm. So, have you worked out if we have have we, have we got two rounds of Coolum? Have you worked that out yet, or have you finally realised that it's just one? No, I have worked it out. Yeah, we just have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Just clear that up. <laughs> it's one round at Coolum, just because Joe wasn't sure. To be fair, last year was going to be two last rounds year at Coolum. Be a double header. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I got confused. Anyway, um, do you know what I wanted to just jump in while we're moving through the list of MX2 guys? Uh, Hugh McKay jumping onto the WBR bike. Yeah, and that made a difference, eh? <laughs> what did he go? Seven ten. Seven ten. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and Noah Ferguson also. I know he's still sort of riding under the JV umbrella, but sort of getting a little bit of help, a little bit more help from Gas Gas over the weekend with uh, with Blake being out. So good to see those guys um, step up. And I mean, we know what Noah can do, and probably for Noah, it's probably not as good a day as he's had going six nine like it's. Yeah, you know, to me know. that was a bit of a disappointing day for Noah. I, I always just I hold him with such a high benchmark because I know how good the kid is. So it's tough, man. But um, you know he was seventh overall. So Wilson side, Nato Crawford, Haruki Yokoyama is your podium overall. Um, Todd's within two or three points of clinching the title, so it's basically his from you know as long as he stays healthy and the gate drops at the next one, he's he's going to wrap this thing up at um, QMP. Reese Bud was fourth overall, Dobson fifth, Cosford sixth, Ferguson seven, Levi Rogers eight, Malkowitz nine, and and Hugh McKay. There you go, tenth overall. Um, so that's a big Not improvement. Overall. Yeah, tenth overall. Is that the overall, or are you looking at the more result? Uh, sure? Round points, round points. Yeah. Oh yeah. Unless, unless they're all wrong again. I mean, who the fuck knows? But no, no, no. Um, it must be the four fifty ones that are just wrong. Then yeah, cool. Sorry. And yeah, then Charlie yeah, Cannon got fourteenth overall which we got to give a massive shout out to her. So I believe she's, she's going to MXGP maybe this year. I'm not going to do specifics because that'll be a press release and I probably shouldn't say things, but um, that's the word she's going to do. I think she's going to be there racing at some point before the end of the season, which she needs to do because she's so good. Like the, I mean, 14th in MX2. That's just awesome. I mean, dude, she, she like, she beat Tom Ravenhorst, Jack Kukas, Benny Novak, like, these are good riders. Yeah. Well, Ravo was running fourth for a long while in that second moto. Yeah, for real. Like, Ravo shreds, and she was one position behind Isaac Ferguson overall, two positions on Caleb Barham. Like, this is pretty gnarly. I don't think people understand how big of a deal this is, you know? I was, yeah, I was, probably, I was more impressed, like, how quick she was in the ruts. Like, I, we all know that she's quick here at Coolum. She's quick in the sand. Um, I think yeah, I think she's ridden the call quite a few times. Um, but I was impressed, like even in practice qualifying, like I was out there taking photos and just trying to, yeah, I obviously get photos of the the top four that could potentially be the fastest qualifier. And I was keeping an eye on it. I was just I was impressed on how like how much intensity she was running like in that first practice qualifying session, and then the same in the motos. Like she was still, like, she wasn't like um, like up the front and then like and then fading. Like she was where she belonged and where she was on the day. And she was, um, yeah, she was yeah, very consistent. And just that intensity speed, like the intensity from her was, um, yeah, it was quite, yeah, it was quite Ooh, cool. She trains with your guy, right? That uh, Levi, um, five, yeah, five, Levi four, seven. Yeah, Levi, performance, yeah. Um, so clearly she's fit and clearly she's strong because that track is not, you, you couldn't, you couldn't flow around that track. I don't care what anybody says. Like you were slamming into square edges, you were hitting holes, you were dabbing feet, like, I said to yeah. Darnell, I was like, not one part of it. I think I actually said to Darnell, you couldn't pay me a thousand bucks to go do a lap at this track right now. I said for a thousand bucks. hundred percent I'd do it. Yeah, and then I said, oh, I'd probably do a lap, but maybe not a, a moto, you know? Yeah. For a thousand bucks. Really? I mean, would, would you, if you gave me a thousand dollars, would I go race in MX1? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it was, like if if I got the money and there was a bike sitting at the gate and all I had to do was get on and get off of it, possibly. But no, like that that my body couldn't handle that anymore. <laughs> That's fair. 
Hey, look, I went down and I wasn't even riding. So. Yeah, you came back looking like, I mean, it was gnarly. We had photographers getting stuck in sinkholes. Yeah, and- shout, out to, shout out to little Jack Williamson. Uh, he got hit in the head with a rock, stepped in the mud and he lost his boots and I'm pretty sure they're still in Toss Arbor, buried in the grass. <laughs> Can you imagine so- what the, the club is going to find over the next month when they start like prepping it? There's going to be like... There's probably going to be bodies in those ruts. There's going to be like riders <laughs> left behind. <laughs> yeah, I, it was like it was legit worse off the track. Oh, like, 100%. In between, like we're trying to navigate, like get because the track switches back on itself like a lot. It's quite in a, it's in a quite small area, so just trying to navigate the track on the infield was like ridiculous. <laughs> like the amount of times, like I, I feel like I was probably the only one that didn't fall over. I was trying to be a little bit more conservative, but. There's, yeah, there's photographers falling over left, right, and center. So that's <laughs> the show. Yeah, for real. All right. Well, hey, let's talk about before we get to um, MX3 real quick. I want to talk about MX1 and the championship points because, um, so oh, these are all these are wrong still. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, far <laughs> out. Anyway, um, Ferris is second in the points now, and. Yeah. He is, I think, 20 what? 28? 20, 28 points, so I think. From I, think I think 28 or 29 points back from Aaron yeah. Tanny. So with two rounds to go, you and I talked on now in the tent, and we said if, if Ferris wins out and Tanny goes two, second all the way through, that's um, three, six, nine, 12 points he's going to drop. The chances yeah, so- of Ferris winning out are somewhat it could happen. And the chance of Tanny getting second in every moto is also not the best odds, especially when you look at it's his first championship run and the nerves and everything else. So to me, I'm like, the question I have to ask you guys is, is Ferris a little too close to Tanny for comfort right now with two rounds to go? What do you think? (laughs) I think if there's always, if there's, if there's blood in the water and Dean Ferris is around, I mean, you can never count him out, and you know, uh, I'd be. I wouldn't. I don't know. Would you be worried? Would you not be? I mean, of course you're going to be worried. There's a championship on the line, but you know, Aaron's got a good team around him with CDFR, as the team with Reeves and and the Honda guys. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think he's yeah, he's definitely closer than what Aaron would want, um, especially how we know you know if Dean can go and win out, which I mean it is. It is possible, you know. We've seen, we've seen, obviously, this year, we've seen Aaron sort of step up to the plate. Like, he, he would have been coming in, as you guys probably have mentioned on the, the podcast previously, but he was essentially the number two guy in the team and then and then Cloudy going out. And then, then he sort of stepped up to the plate and now he's, yeah, he's a red plate holder. But I, I don't, you know, I don't think we should count him out too much. Like, he's been able to, to deal with the pressure all year long. So I feel like these next two rounds, he, um, I think he might be pretty solid. Like I think he might be a lot more solid than what everybody else might think. So it's yeah, it's it's probably it's definitely still going to be like nerve wracking. Like it's like as he would have gone into this year, not thinking that he was going to be potentially to win the championship. So uh, I'm interested to see how he handles it because he's been handling the pressure very well so far, and he doesn't seem to be overriding as much. Like we're not seeing the big crashes and that kind of stuff. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and I, I definitely think it's gonna go like come down to the line um, because the other boys as well, like Waters and, and Maddie, like they're gonna still be coming in strong. Like they may not not be like in championship contention, but they're still gonna be going for moto wins, so they they're gonna be in the mix. 
Gibbs is an animal at four. Yeah, he is. So, and look, I might be. I might be wrong. We might not see Ferris win out. I might just be getting excited. He might not be able to. It might be irrelevant, but it's it, it raises the point, right? Is is yeah. what's going to happen down the stretch? So, um, all right, let's finish this up. It's been an hour. Um, MX3, uh, Ryan Alexanderson, he, considering he was injured mid-year, man, he really was on another level as far as speed goes this um, this round. Um, well, what did, he, did he go from, because he wasn't, he was like seventh on the first yeah. lap of that second moto, like he wasn't at the front. Yeah, well, like moto one, he was he was there from the beginning. Um, he yeah. passed Connor Tower with like, you know, five minutes to go, I think. Um cool. Five minutes is like my metric for everything. If, if you haven't noticed, it's like five minutes in, five minutes to go. I, I got a real problem with that. But um, <laughs> the, um, you know, and he won by ten seconds from Connor. Like he, he had the speed. I, I know Connor pumped up, not pumped up. He got a little pumped as far as like fitness goes because he put in such a sprint at the beginning. Um, he, he had a pretty big crash in one of the motors as well. Is it? Is that second, second motor crash was. Huge, yeah, yeah. I saw the clip this morning because um, I thought he'd come together with um, with uh, Mather, but he hadn't. He just kicked, hit a kicker in the berm on the start straight, and just got ejectoed. Um, yeah, man, that's unfortunately for for Connor. Like we've seen that a couple of times now, and like when we had Wilsey on the show with uh, Wodonga, he said, you know, he's a training partner of uh, of Connor's. Um, and he said, you know, that's that's sort of one thing that Connor needs to learn. It's a little bit of inexperience, but he needs to maybe back it down. Let's, you know, let's take a, a third or a fourth so we're not crashing out and getting 20th, you know. Um, and we've seen him run up front in Moto 1 and it, it's all looking good. But then Moto 2, it's just it's happened again. So let's just hope he can build on it and, and keep going. I, I, and I've, I've said that, you know, I, I work with Connor and his family a little bit with um – with uh, PR and, and marketing and stuff. And I would agree with you usually, but you look at that clip and it was such a weird deal where I don't think he actually did anything wrong like this time. Like he's made plenty of mistakes in, during the season, but this one was certainly just, it seemed like that square edge just jumped out of nowhere and and man, he just got ejected. So it's good that he could get up and finish. Um, but Alexanderson, yeah, 1-1 one, one for Ryan Alexanderson. Like you said, Moto 1, he, he was in the front and... And made the pass and and won quite easily. Second moto, not so much. And man, just just chewed through the field. Um, well, I think that, sorry, I think it was the first moto. Like, because I remember I was on there at the podium, I was taking photos at the podium. And I think the other boys, they would because he went from like because he wasn't like second and then passed into the lead. Like he was running like third or fourth or something. And then he passed like two dudes or two or three dudes around the outside somewhere. Because I think the boys were like surprised. He actually like got in front of him so quickly like he just come out of nowhere it's like I didn't I don't remember seeing him up front I remember Connor like being up front and then I was like I took my eyes off the race for a little bit and then I looked up and then next minute Ryan was out front I was just like well where did that come from yeah he was just throwing down like straight up going faster than anybody else um would it be interesting to see the split between his times in MX2 but um yeah sure. you know he got the overall Jack Mather Brock Flynn I would love if those guys did not have the same colored bike and wear fly like the same gear because <laughs> it makes it really hard to tell who's who. Um, but Mather, you know, second overall, he's been so consistent all year. Um, 
Brock Flynn, third overall, great, great overall for him. Byron Dennis, I think that's the season best fourth overall for him. He he missed out on the podium by like one point or two points. I was standing with his parents um, when they were doing the overall math and he was close, but great ride for him. Um, okay, Kader Mania. Here, I have a theory. You know, he's young, right? He's what? He's 14. Or has he just turned 15? He's, he's young. Yeah, he's just young. I've noticed that Mania, like, at, um, and I might be completely wrong. It's just a theory. And this isn't talking bad on him, but he's young. And these really gnarly, rutted tracks where maybe that little bit extra age and strength comes into play. Have you noticed, like, Maitland and this round where it was just really deep routes, really square edge, like not a track you could flow. He's not quite the same as the tracks he can let the back wheel break loose and kind of go fast, you know? And it was the same thing at at Wodonga as well. He was sort of a little bit off there. He's he's from WA, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a mix of learning these really up, because these ruts, they, they weren't upright on the weekend, Jimmy. You know, like these ruts were trenches. They weren't berm ruts. They were like... Yeah. whole ruts you know um so i think he's learning to ride these ruts a little bit and i also think maybe a little bit of strength because he's so young it's nothing to be ashamed of like the kid's killing it he's still got the red plate like it's it's awesome but um he's not a point out yeah he's matter. being consistent he's good but i think there's something to that you know yeah yeah definitely and look and you think of it like he's a young kid still uh he's quite small still like he's yeah. You know, he's got a bit of growing to do. Um, but if he can, you know, what's he, 19 points up, we've got four motors to go. Like, for him to potentially win this championship um, so young, I mean, that's, that's great prospects for the future. You know? Oh, yeah, for, for sure, for his career. Um, like, his career, like, he's in the perfect spot right now. You know, there's things he can build on, but he's still winning anyway. Like when, when was the last time we seen someone in MX or NXD or NX3 like just clean the season? Like, has there ever been anyone that's like been good at every track? Like, because I feel like, yeah, like Wilson, a lot of these, Todd, like, Wilson Todd's years in MXD or MX3 were pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, true, that's true. Yeah, he pretty much won everything. Um, because you're, you're seeing you're seeing a lot of different skills from different riders. So you're seeing like see Caden will come out and he will um, he'll yep. do do really well in like a fast open flowing track and then when it gets a little bit technical he sort of struggles a little bit and same with a lot of other riders as well um but you're sort of seeing like it's still that sort of top six riders that have the potential to win motos but each tracker sort of like becomes like a yeah one of the riders will be a little bit more uh, comfortable on a certain surface so like it's it's cool seeing these different sort of skills on different surfaces within these riders and it's sort of um, sort of actually keen to see what they're going to be like in the next couple of years and when they when they sort of master the skills on the technical tracks and then the sand tracks and that kind of stuff. So, And you can see the the point, like we've had three riders in MX3 go 1-1 this year, like Campbell Williams did it at Wani, Minear did it at Gilman, and Alex Anderson did it on the weekend. And they're three very different tracks and yeah. three very different riding styles. Now, uh, you know, that just shows MX3, like there's guys that are good at what they do. Um, and it's just a matter of getting that experience in the other areas, like I said, Jimmy. So, you know, let them build this experience. I mean, this class still produces some of the best racing, and you can, oh, yeah. like, if you had to, if someone said you've got to pick a winner for this weekend in MX3, like, how are you supposed to do it? Because have we had someone win more than one round this year? 
Um, that would be interesting stats, but um, I think Manir's got two. Maybe. He won uh, yeah, I think, he yeah, won he it Mackay and he won it um where is yeah, 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 so he's won two. Yeah. And I don't think anybody yeah, else so has. That, or did Campbell? Campbell's won two, I think. Yeah, he might have won uh, yeah, he got Madonga. One of so you No, so you got yeah. two riders with two. Um but you you're right, you got Mackay and Wodonga, loose dirt. That's Mania's strong point. I mean, Williams trains at one thaggy, so he's expected to do well there. Oh, I, I, I wish I wish there was more transparency across the sport, but I, I haven't asked, to be fair, so that's probably not a fair statement. But I don't know what's going on with Williams at the moment, whether he's still injured or what it is. But Well, I spoke to him after the first moto. Um, so I seen him out um, at PBI last weekend at um, Boyle's Joint. It, um with Ross and the Empire Boys. Yeah. Um, so it was good to catch up with him there and then see him on the weekend after the first moto. He's sort of going, oh, like he, he had a little clutch slip or something on the gate and then hit the gate and just didn't get a good start. It's just those little... That yeah, little just those thing. little mistakes like that. Um, and then obviously, like, spoke to him after the moto and he's like, oh, he goes, I just, I don't know, like where I'm at right now and I, I think Ross got on to the phone to him and told him to clear his head and he was a little better in the second moto but I mean for these kids in MX3 confidence is a big thing and once you have one bad moto like it can really steamroll your day wow, like yeah so we'll see what happens when we get to QMP and hopefully like I think he had a, he's been carrying a few injuries um, for the last couple of rounds so hopefully he can get you know maybe he's not as fit as what he was in the early part of the year so hopefully he gets back to that and can start pushing again because like you said we watched him at once Aggie and the kid's technique is pretty flawless yeah yeah he can he, he can ride a dirt bike he really can yeah and also shout out to like we haven't really spoken about retro round enough actually we haven't talked yeah. about it at all <laughs> no yeah so that's what brought up the uh the full throttle sports inspired bike that Campbell rode on the weekend was uh Pretty sick. Yeah, that was that was great looking. Well, let's let's segue into retro now because man, there was some cool. Like, I was surprised how much the industry, racing industry, embraced retro round because normally you know Yamaha and a few people do some things, but man, yeah. everyone went out for this one. Like, I had to go out and sort of like sort of take some photos and like to use to, to social media and stuff, and there was just there was too many cool kits. Like, I didn't know which ones to do and which ones not to do. Like, it was. I went and grabbed as much as I could, and um, there was some really cool looking bikes, and all from different years. And stuff. Yeah, different eras. And there was there was a few bikes from like um, like 2005, and like a few like not so old, but like not so retro, you yeah. know. Or maybe to us, it, we're like, oh no, that's not retro. Like that was that's just the style. Yeah, and we're like, hang on, it's been like 17 years since Chad Reed rode that 05 YZ. So yeah. you know, I think Charlie Cannon was. Um, Younger than the bike that's yeah, she wasn't even born. I think her kit was 2005, and she's born that year or something. I think she was born, yeah, whatever. But yeah, yeah, that's um, crazy. <laughs> like you think, you know, you don't think early 2000s is retro, but it's going back. Yeah, it, it is it's now. Getting there. Like, like 26, 27. Now we're getting old. I mean, I am disappointed that we didn't see a Honda a Troy or a Yamaha a Troy bike on the weekend. Um, like that big dragon needs to come back. Um. But they're really cool kits, you know. Dane Dunlop 
bold choice running an all white bike. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I'm glad the track held up because so many guys put in so much effort with their setups, yeah. and there was a lot of white because everyone went like ran white plastics and white cotton jerseys back in the day. Um, yeah. So that was cool that the track allowed people to showcase that because, um, man, imagine spending all that time and effort on, on dope setups and then it just not um, – Yeah, that was honestly my initial thought when we drove into the pits. I'm like, <laughs> why is – Yeah, <laughs> we went around and no one's going to see the bike. And there's going to be no one here to watch it because no one wants to travel around in the mud like the, everybody else at the festivals at the moment and stuff like that. So. Yeah, true. I mean, that, that gives you perspective. Splendor in the Grass was only a couple hours up the road. Like, that's how wet it was, yeah. you know? Um, it was actually yeah. like – but also, like, sorry for my language, but fuck Splendor in the Grass because of them, I couldn't get any gumboots and <laughs> I had to throw out a pair of hands. Yeah, we need, we need to tell the story. So Daniel comes back to the media tent and and he's like, like, I have kids, so it's all I could liken it to, like a little kid that has fallen in a muddy puddle and from his knees to his toes, like you couldn't see his socks or his shoes. It looked like he'd been dipped in like a chocolate fondue. Um, it was it was hilarious. It was amazing. It was like one of the best things I saw all weekend. Yeah, and the, the, I think the thing that made it worse was I was talking to Mitch O'Connor or Bronco, um before the race. They go, let's put some money down on who's the first person in the media tent that's going to go down today. I go, because someone's going down and it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Luckily, Mitch went down just before I did, but nowhere near as bad. Um, so, yeah. Dude, I had some and close calls. Was- like, I nearly ate shit so bad, like going from the start gate to that tunnel to get back to the media area. But no one saw, and I was just like laughing at myself. Um, and then another time I was on the fence and I like tried to step onto this wooden like pillar to hop across this big mud bit. And I didn't commit. And I had like both my hands on the fence and both my feet on the beam. And it was, yeah, it was comical, honestly. But um, I, I think the best one was still the mechanic running through running over to Mark Hancock and both feet just locked up and old mate just like turtle slid on his back to Mark's feet. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. It's so it was, good. It was, a, it was a funny day, but, you know, I, I don't want another mother. Nah, well, we got our quota for the year now. That's it. That's one. The, the next two rounds in Queensland, I'm sure we'll be fine. So, although we've seen... We were saying on Saturday, we're like, it could be worse. It could be after 19. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. Or Horsham 17. Or Horsham oh, any year. I was going to bring Horsham up earlier. Like, <laughs> and we're talking about Ferris and how, how technical he is and, and how he sort of like shines in that type of track. Do you remember when I rode for you at 2017? Did he love you twice there? I didn't even... Dude, didn't he even, lapped everyone. I, I he, did like half the race and I still got the check flag, but... He was ridiculously fast there, and like he was just so technical. But I couldn't even push my bike. Like, so no, I, went I remember Jimmy because I was I was sitting on the sideline with my head in my hands, basically crying inside, knowing how much <laughs> money I was about to spend. Like, I remember Kyle Claridge being on top of like that tabletop before the double doubles, like right on the pit yeah. lane there, and he crashed on that tabletop, and I'm yelling over the fence. I'm like, pull in. Pull in. Like, don't try and finish because I cannot afford to rebuild this motor if this thing lets go. But to your point, Ferris, I think he lapped everyone in that first motor. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, like, I, like, he was riding it like it was a dry track. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, the, a few seconds down the bottom of that track, like, I got a bit squarely, went off the track, and it literally took me nearly two minutes to get back on the track. It was that slippery. Dude, there's that photo of your bike leaning up against the truck do you remember and it's like you can't even yeah. see 
There's no distinguishing features of dirt bike. It's just mud, mud bike. I went into that round thinking I was a good mud rider because my home track is Massachusetts and it's always raining there. I went into that round thinking I was a good mud rider and definitely, yeah, that humbled me very quickly. Yeah, you're going to learn some things today, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I definitely learned today. All right, hey, let's wrap this up. It's been an hour and 15 minutes. This is the um, AMX Superstore's Inside Dirt Show. It's been the round seven Coffs Harbour Pro AMX review. Um, round six, fuck me, man. <laughs> Do this properly. Is it, it's round six. Dude, I, it's cool. I mean, if anyone's listening for an hour and 20 minutes, I'm impressed anyway, so cut me some slack. Round six at Coffs Harbour. This has been the review. Joe? Do you, read? you know what it is, dude? I'm pretty sure I was doing content today for round seven. This is the thing that gets me. Like, I'm already working on the next thing, you know? Yeah. Whatever. It's all good. It's a Monday after a national weekend. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty keen to go have some dinner in a minute because we, we drove yeah. home. I don't know how you guys drove home so slow, but you drove home. Um, we also had to drive, like, two and a half hours further than you. It doesn't explain the speed of like, I left a long time after you and I still yeah, beat you to the same spot. You have. Yeah. Like do, do we need to call <laughs> the Queensland police department and tell them to like, come and see you? No, I don't do that. Not, we're not all race car drivers, bro. Like, <laughs> we just that. wanted to get home safely. Well, we had a light. We, we were just cruising, just rapping the whole way. We had to stop. I got a cramp. You did get a cram. I remember. I was talking to you on the exactly. phone. It sounded like a murder scene. All right. I, I, anyway, to finish, this has been the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show round six review for Coffs Harbour. Um, shout out to AMX Superstores. Listen to the sponsor read at the beginning. But if you skipped it, we're going to do it again. AMX Superstores are the nation's leading off-road, road, adventure, and everything in between retailer for parts and accessories with over 20 locations nationwide um, amxsuperstores.com.au for all your online shopping needs as well we'll get the parts to you get the apparel to you whatever you need to keep you on the track in a few short days and we thank those guys um, once again for being a part of the show and um, Donnell yeah, thanks yeah, them they, for being uh, his old employer as well and yeah um, they, they stock a great range of Alpine stars Oakley hey don't be getting cars. don't be getting your sideways reads into this okay it's, no it, it, You've got me, all right, and it's my turn, all right. <laughs> so they, yeah, stocking leading all the brands, like leading brands like Alpine Stars, Oakley, and Pod. Right. I'm going to allow this. I'm going to allow this, but we'll see where this goes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now an invoice is coming. Isn't it? <laughs> That's always the the concern, isn't it? Let's put it on the invoice. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. It's been great fun doing the show with uh, with Donnell and Jimmy. And uh, unfortunately, Mickey Postmoto couldn't make this one, but I'm sure we'll have him back. Honestly, I think, I think he's, he's just dropped now. Jimmy's the man. Yeah, Post is <laughs> going to have to up his game. Um, yeah, you know, there's. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a hard world for a little for a little emo Mickey, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, don't, I don't want to blow him out. I don't want to blow him out on the show. Like, we already do no, enough in the group his, text. It was his 30th birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, Mick. I happy birthday, Posty. Thanks for the track. You did. So he he questioned it. He was very cautious about it. It was hilarious. All right, get out of my podcast, though. We need to wrap this up. Um, thanks for having me, Dave. Thanks for having us, boys. And thanks, for everyone, for listening. Thanks to AMX Superstores. And we will be back for the QMP review uh, in two or three weeks for round – is it round 16 or round 7? What is it? Round 7. Yeah, that's uh, right. Round 4, 20, 69, 81. Oh, how's the synchronicities when we the, – the, the food truck, I got um, ticket food ticket number 69 for my food. And, and that was my writing number. So I felt good about that. It was a good sign. Universe, synchronicities. Yep.
Giddy. All right. Okay. I'm going to wrap this one up. Thanks for listening. See you, Donnell. See you, Jimmy.